Welcome to Sisters Inc., our podcast for and about women business owners, brought to you by Black Enterprise. I'm your host, Elisa Gumbs. Black women are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America. And on every episode of Sisters Inc., we'll sit down with one successful CEO and share how she slays the challenges of being a Black woman in business. Today's episode is all about building generational wealth. We're chatting with Tamara Lewis Johnson, the founder of Hexagon Life Connect, the co-owner of Miss Pam's Precious Angels Child Care Center, and a serial entrepreneur who is bringing her children along on her business journey. Welcome to Sisters Inc. Tamara, and thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's been actually my pleasure. Just the whole concept of being entrepreneurs is really what I strive to go for. So I'm excited to be on your platform. Thank you. Before you were an entrepreneur, you went through a lot personally. Yeah. You're a survivor of domestic violence. You've recovered from an addiction to painkillers. Um, and I say all that only because you're at a drastically different place in life now. And entrepreneurship has been part of that transformation. So can you share with us where you were personally and professionally before starting your business and what made you feel like entrepreneurship was the path for you? Um, I, I came from a, a family that it was kind of like we existed. We, we existed. Mom worked. Dad worked. Um, education was number one in my parents' life, but it kind of was like, do it, do well at it. I'm not involved in it. Um, my father pretty much was more of the work mule to education because he only had the third grade education. So starting off, it was kind of like, I'm one of five siblings with my mom. I'm one of 14 with my dad. I'm in the middle. I'm trying to find my way. I left home early. I still became a, a scholar. I've always been in some type of group with education. So education has always been there. I am not a college graduate, as people tend to think. I am not a college graduate. I did go to college and university for about three semesters only to get the student loan so I can open up a business. So I am not a college graduate and my student loan is paid for. Let me just make sure <laughs> because that was the lowest, that was the easiest way for me to get funds. Um, they'll put you in debt for that, but I couldn't get a business loan at a bank. So I went to the university just to get a financial aid. Just so, And I stayed on the dean's list as well so that I could get the money to open up a business. And fast forward after the abuse, me re relocating from Buffalo, New York um, just to get away. Um, after all of that, that's when I turned around and, um, the addiction to pain pills actually came from car accidents and back and scoliosis. So I was prescribed all of my medication and the prescription of the multiple types of medication. That's what I became addicted to. So I was not like street drugs or anything like that. I, the doctor signed off on everything that I was taking and co-signed that I should take more. So pain management for me was not an existing thing because I was actually prescribed everything. Um, it just took one time when I decided, let me put the drugs away after a church service. And I put them on the altar and I never went back. And I cold turkeyed everything. 
from that moment on with clarity, my mother mentioned to me that she was taking the course <laughs> in childcare and wanted to know if she can have childcare in, in our basement, in our lower level. And so I said, well, let me read to make sure it's legal because I don't know the laws of Georgia. And once it became legal, we took it and ran. So my mother's the visionary. <laughs> I, I love that your mom is the visionary and that you always give credit to her for being um, the visionary. You two started the business in 2013. Yes. Um, and when people talk about starting from the bottom, you just said you basement. literally started in the, in the basement <laughs> of your home. And it has since grown to two locations with more than 400 yes. kids, which is huge. So what's it been like starting and growing a business with your mom? My mom is the life of the party. Miss Pam, she is the Miss Pam of Miss Pam Precious Angels. Let me just make sure of that. And every time people meet her, I'm like, like the little green M&M, she does exist. Like she does exist. <laughs> she's here. She's, she's, she's real. She's tangible. Um, but starting a business with my mom it has been epic because we've learned, we've grown, we've gotten much more closer. I've always been close to my mom. Um, when she was probably 42 or 43, she had many strokes and, and, and that was back in Buffalo. And so she was supposed to be dead then. And I remember her being in the hospital and saying, Lord, if you just give her to me, I promise you, I will take care of her until her last breath. And literally my mom has been with me riding the wave of addiction, homelessness. Um, she's been with me the whole time. So my mom is the, 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 the birth of everything and the breath of everything that I do. It's always really for her. She literally, after one year, three months and 28 days, just got a kidney after being diagnosed with um, kidney failure. And she was on the transplant list for less than 60 days. But the doctors wow. look at her and when she comes in, I, I like videos of her because she's amazing. So from the date that she was diagnosed to the day that she received her kidney, she's been consistent. She's God fearing and she is like the epitome of everything we do. If, if, if God's not in it, we don't touch it. So the business is a true family business. In addition to you and your mom, your husband is the chief operating officer. Your daughter is the regional yes. director. Working with family can be tricky. How have you all made it work? <laughs> it's crazy because it, it can be tricky, but we all have a common goal. So we're three generations in on purpose. So my daughter is there as the regional watching overseeing. I can literally be anywhere right now. And the businesses will function and run as if my mother instilled the original rules of the of the child care center. So um, and my son is also there. So my my son is he's he's also a director at the at the location. So my daughter kind of toggles between the two. My son is at one central location, although he knows and works all of them. Tying them in is so important because they know that they're the heir. So being a part of this whole movement, and they're not just the heir of that, they're the heir of a lot of different companies and they know their name is on it. So there's an expectation for them, but they're also there to make it better because the things that we did 10 years ago, 
we can't do today. So they integrate the technology and the the new stuff to to the center and they bring flares. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And I love them. And how how do you manage the the family dynamics when, you know, the family is in business together? I'm personally all business. And and even when I'm mom, I'm all business. So my husband has to bring the separation, you know, like separation of church and state. Like he has to separate the two. So we can be, we can, we can literally be playing Scrabble and then I'll start talking about childcare and then it, it stops. It gets very serious and everybody's like all hands on deck. But the, the way we do it, like we do a lot of family vacations. We do a lot of family getaways. We do have meeting of the minds. We understand that how we operate the 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 um, child care center and how we operate our family, even though it's pretty much really the same, it's basically built on the same platform. Everyone has an opinion. My mom tends to say another, I'll, I'll say that for another conversation, but everybody has an opinion <laughs> um, and facts are facts. So when we're dealing with each other, we'll, we'll, we'll have cutoffs. It's like, Mom, we're not talking about the daycare. We're talking about my like my life. I'm dating. I want to talk about dating. Oh, and I'm thinking, okay, this is a business deal. And and it, and, and, and just like my husband and I, like we we get married every five years because we're on this thing where it's a process. So I treat kind of everything like it, but they're kind of used to my craziness at this point. And they're like, Mom's just being mom, and they've learned to separate the two when Mom can't. I have a, I have a a problem with it. Um, but they pretty much have adapted to me just being me. <laughs> all business, all the time. All the time. Yeah. Life is everything business and business is business. Everything. Everything. I, I'm working on being different, but it, in reality, if you think about it, every relationship you're in, that's a business deal. Like, are, are, are we going to make money? What, what value is this conversation going to have? And that's how I look at a lot of things in life. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that's what I do. You know, what value is this going to bring? Um, is the cup half empty or half full? Where'd the cup start? I don't, I don't know. Where's the, like I'm solution driven. So whenever somebody says something to me, I'm looking for the solution. You just said that there are a lot of businesses that your children are the heirs to and their name are on them. I mentioned in the intro that you're a serial yes. entrepreneur. So in addition to the daycare center, you're also the co-owner of a real estate company through which you've purchased the commercial property that houses yes. the second location of the child care center. You're the co-owner of a transportation mm -hmm. company and you're the co-owner of an upcoming restaurant. Um, all of which are family owned Correct. and operated. Why have you chosen to go about building your business empire with family as the foundation? I, I chose to build the empire with family as the foundation because we're very close knit. We're a blended family. So I have, it's four of them. I call them my Wendy's four for four. So I have a son by one person. <laughs> I have a daughter by another person. I'm married into a son by my husband and then we have a child together so people think you first of all if i don't tell you who's related to who you never know all of them look like me as far as i'm 
every last one of them. I don't care. They all look like me. They all act like me. They talk like me. They're, they're but they're they're so humble. They're and and respectful. It's that's the only thing they did. They, they probably didn't get that complete New York from. Um, but in reality, the the blended family is is what I strived for. So I purposely made sure that everything we did was family based because I'm still blending our family. There's no one greater than the other one. Everybody tends to think that the baby gets it all. She's just in a different era of her life where she's she's reaping more of the benefit. She's 15. I have a 28 year old. So, um, you know, she's she's still living, living her life. So um, it's important that they know every aspect of every business that we have in the event that if anything happens, if we were to leave the earth today, they're able to sustain, maintain, sell, franchise, do whatever they need to do to make sure that it, it runs and to make sure that they eat. My, my most important thing is them eating and leaving a legacy. So as long as they're doing that, it, it, it's, it's, it was imperative that we put family first. So, and, and, it's almost like we're kind of like a little gang in, in a sense. <laughs> we're like in our own little world. We're really in our own world, really, to be honest with you. We're, we're just, it's, it's Johnson family values. Everything is the Johnson way. It's, if, if, you were to, if you were to come in my home and say, whose house? The entire house would scream Bruce's house. That's just, that's just how it is. So family is everything, everything to us. Let's talk about that next generation. Um, what are the nuts and bolts of how you started to incorporate your children into the business? You know, a lot of times second generation um, says, I'm not interested in that. That was your dream. Uh, I don't I don't want to go there. I want to hang out with my friends. So how did you first get them incorporated? Into By, your force. <laughs> By force. By um, force. You know, so... <laughs> In reality, it was by force. Um, so the, the first two, because they're older, so there's 28 and 25. But when we started the daycare, it was more like 16 and um, maybe 18. So mama need money. Mama need money. Mama need money. Well, mom's at the daycare every day. I'm working. You can come work with me or because I'm not giving you any more money. So they're all, they, they so they, so they joined with the thought of, if I get this job, then I can do whatever. And I'm the, once they started working, I gave them more money. So, okay, here's some money, here's some money, even in the, besides the paycheck. And then my daughter left because she was like, I'm not doing this. I, I don't want child care. I don't care about child care. So she left and she worked for corporate America. And she did that, I think, for like a year. She worked for corporate America for about a year. And I was still at the daycare morning, noon, and night because we were five to nine and I was just, you know, hanging out. And she told her boss, her boss said something to her that rattled her. And she was like, I really don't have to work here. My family owns a business that I could just work there and run my own show. Fast forward to her leaving and her boss's kid... <laughs> inquired about this child care center. And I guess I, the kid didn't come because of the dynamics of this situation, but she made it very clear. I can run my own show. And she literally took off and ran it. 
My son, the, the, the third child, he's very adamant. I want to work. I need money. I need this. I need that. He's, he's purchased his third car since 18, owns social security number, does his own thing. They work well. Now that baby of mine, she's, she's, she's already said, I'm not coming to the daycare. You can figure out something else for me. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But she's also an entrepreneur already. She's been, she's had her own vending machine since she was 13 that she runs and, and houses and collects it. So she has her own money. So she's kind of like, I'm not doing daycare. <laughs> So I, I need to underline that point because you just said your baby girl is yeah. 15 and she's already an entrepreneur. She's had her own vending machine since she yeah. was 13. So you are starting yeah. them young. What did you do to prepare your kids to be entrepreneurs? I think I prepared them by just really just hammering in the concept of seven streams of income, eight streams of income, nine streams of income. A million dollars isn't enough. It's not enough. It's, it's just not enough. What, is, what are your goals? What are you trying to do? Where, where, where do you see yourself in one year, two years, five years? Um, Mom, I need more money. Mom, I need more money. Well, how much money are you making versus how much money do you spend? So whenever it comes to the concept of it, it's, it's never you don't have enough money. You're irresponsible with money. So teaching financial literacy is the main key to the whole concept. It's basically telling you, okay, I make $1,000 a week or a month. It's a month. So you can't go out and get a $600 car note. You can't. You have to have insurance. You have to, have, you have, to, you have to pay for parking. You need gas. You have to have a place to live. So whatever you make, don't spend it all keeping up with the Joneses. That's the major, that's the most important thing. I literally drove a 15-passenger van from 2014 to 2020. Could I afford a car? Yeah. Could I afford a truck? Yes. Could I afford multiple cardinals? Yes. But I didn't want to because I did not want to spend the money. So why not drive what pays me? It's a daycare van. <laughs> why buy anything else? If I got $10,000, I'm going to go buy another daycare van. That's what pays me. Now, when I was ready to purchase a vehicle, I was strategic. I built my car up. Took a year for me to get it. It's fine. But why spend to keep up with it? I was valeting a 15-passenger daycare van at, at the restaurants. I mean, park my, park my truck. Stepping, stepping, stepping out of red bottoms. Stepping out of red bottoms still. Who cares? Why are you trying to keep up? So it's never what you, what you make. It's always what you spend. So that's what I teach my kids. As your kids continue to get older and they continue to grow, um, how do you help them continue to grow as business people? Do you have some kind of formal training or apprenticeship program that you put them through? Um, how are you intentional? My children it? are from the school of hard knocks. So the stuff that I give them, um, is kind of different than I, cause I'm very straightforward. I'm, I'm not for everyone. And I'm, I want to, I probably need more training on tact in order to actually teach anyone else anything. So my kids get the raw meat. They, my kids get the 
here's the bills. Here's the will. Here's like, like I train them based on, okay, now I've done this. Now you need to go do this. Um, just for example, like how we implemented the 401k plan into the child care centers. I don't know too many child care centers, especially small as we are considered, um, to have 401k plans, but I'm heavy on investing. So my children work for a child care center. So I implement a 401k plan into the child care center. So I know that they're saving for the future. It's little things like that, that because I'm an entrepreneur and because I know the value of certain things, and I know that I, I know that they work for with me, I need to put things in place. So all the other employees reap the benefits of a 401k plan with a 3% company buy-in. So we give you 3% on whatever you put in on top of it. Um, not to mention it's a very lucrative tax write-off. <laughs> so it's, it's like, it's, it's six of one, half a dozen of an other, but my, my main purpose of putting it together is we are, our house is seven people. If we all work for the childcare center, how are we planning for the future? So it's things like that that have to be put in place that that we do that. Um, so I'm probably more of a doer than I am a explainer. It's like, put your money into this now. Then we'll talk about it at a family round table later. And they just do. So it, I, I, I'm really probably not the best teacher. <laughs> Well, I mean, even the fact that you just mentioned that you have yeah. family roundtables. So there is some, you know, structure that yes. you have put behind it that other people can replicate when it oh, comes definitely, to having a family definitely. business. Oh, uh, definitely. Literally, um, I think the, the, the term that someone called us before, and we were actually at church, and they, they said, you know, you guys act like, and, and I don't know if this is derogatory or not, so if it needs to be cut, you might want to cut it, but they call us Black Mexicans. And... I said, well, why would you call us a black Mexican? I don't understand what that means. And she says, because that's the, 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 the group of people who actually live in one household, work together, blended, and they don't mind sharing and doing all this other stuff. So, and I thought about it and I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? It's like I said, it could be 10 of them in one location and they're all going to pull their weight. They're all going to work. They're all going to bring something to the table. And she says, we, every time we talk, we talk about you to my church folks. <laughs> every time we talk about you, that's how we can sit you guys, because you guys all work together. We've never seen a black family work together the way you guys work together. And I'm just like, well, they have no choice because I am mother and we're, we're, and, and we're going to work just like, um, one thing that I, I instill in my children is purchases and buying land and deeds and titles, deeds and titles. And my daughter, um, she's just turned 25 this year, but last year she's ready to move out on her own. I wouldn't let her move out on her own at 24 with a college degree until she was purchasing her home. So she purchased her home last year. And of course we, you know, gifted her, her, her closing costs because we can afford to gift her her closing costs because we don't go out buying all types of stuff. We save money and we invest and we own stock and we cash out when it's time and we gift it to our children to make sure that they have a better way of living and a better thought process. So now her budget is based on a mortgage and then working on her title. So it's little things like that, that it's more so 
position yourself because if you don't position yourself, you can't help the next person. So it's never a concept of people think that that wealth is financial. Wealth is not financial. Wealth is knowledge. Knowledge is power. Before I ever had anything or a business or anything, I had a mind. It's the mindset. So when people think of all of this, oh, you can drive this and you live here and, you know, it's never about that. It's always about what do you know? Get me in a room. I'm a closer. I, that's what I do. <laughs> get me in the room. The, the issue is how do you get in the room? Once you're in the room, it's your job to work the room. Get in the room. And that's what I teach my children. I don't teach my children about anything, but don't make more than you don't spend more than you make. Listen to everything before you speak. And sometimes you don't have to even talk. Smile, take it out. Get in the room. Once you're in the room, the platform's yours. You're almost 10 years into this journey now yep. since the daycare center started. What lessons have you learned about being in business with your children? And is there anything you do differently looking back? <sighs> what lessons have I learned being in this business with my children? I've learned that they are each different beings. So they each have a different need. And because I'm always so hard and straightforward, I sometimes have missed um, what they actually needed um, in a sense. So that probably I would do differently. I would I would listen more. I would take my own advice and listen more <laughs> and not speak. Um, but overall, I think them understanding the actual behind the scenes, because I'm a again, I'm a doer. So I'm like, you can't do this because the state says this. Well, if I never explain to you the what's behind it, you think I'm barking. And then my bark becomes, I'm still mom. So it's more of a reprimand. And we're, we're, we're just talking about business. So I think my biggest thing is, is the figuring out the separation and giving more detail to why I'm saying, no, you can't do this because this is the rule. And then having them to make sure they study the way I study to where I'm not forced to repeat myself because redundancy is my problem. <laughs> I, I don't like to be redundant. And I'm like, we do the same thing the same way every day. Just do it this way. But, you know, it's, it's more give and take. Explaining so that there's no redundancy, but actually following the state rules and making sure everything is in order and just making sure that they study instead of throwing them out there. Cause I kinda, you're gonna work today. <laughs> and so that was probably my, my biggest issue. So I'm gonna do better I'm, next 10 years. <laughs> next 10 years, right? You, you got another chance. So many people talk about building generational wealth. You are actively doing it um, with your children and not just with your children, but across three generations, if you um, include your mom. For those people out there who are still not on board, why is generational wealth so Generational important? wealth is really a foundational piece of everything that you do. The, the concept, and it's biblical, you want your children, 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 children to eat. 
why the, the concept for me is I don't need to be rich. I don't need to be wealthy. My needs are met. I need to know that when I'm gone, my children, their children, and the children after them have a foundation and know how to keep creating and, and get gaining more. But again, wealth is a mentality. Wealth is not the finances. Because if you have the mindset, you can create wealth out of anything. I have the daycare. So somebody says, well, why did you open up a, a transportation company? Well, why not? The daycare uses transportation. So why not open up a transportation company that I can use? Because that's something that is linked to the daycare. People think that the businesses are so far off. No, we have a, we need to transport kids back and forth to school. But I have that need. So other people have that need. So every, every business that we have, is based upon what I need in my business to succeed. So we have the transportation company. They said, well, why did you open up the, the real estate? Well, because I, you, first of all, you have to be smart enough to separate all of your businesses. And that's number one. <laughs> because if anything happens, they want to take everything down. It's going to be like the fall. Not going to happen. So I have, a, I have the real estate company, which purchases the child care centers so that they're separately insured in the event that anything happens. It's basic common sense that's not as common as we like it to be. Um, then they say, well, why would you open up a restaurant? Well, that was kind of far-fetched. I did open a restaurant, but no, because I have a daughter who wanted to go clubbing in college. But she didn't want to go clubbing. She wanted to go eat at upscale restaurants. Well, there are no upscale restaurants on the south side of Atlanta. They're in Atlanta, but we see Atlanta News, and I'm not comfortable. So my daughter says, well, mom, I like to go to these places. I like to take pictures that look like this. And I want to do things that look like that. So I said, well, why don't we build it? So now we're opening up a restaurant that has the, the ambiance of excellence. She wants to be able to walk in, valet, come into a place where everything is picture perfect and picture ready. Um, she wants to have the cool drinks and the live music that's not in the south side of Atlanta. So what do you do? You build it. If you build it, they will come. Well, thank you so much, Tamara, for sharing your small business success story. Everyone out there, please take a look at the website for Tamara's consulting company, hexagonlifeconnect.com. You can also follow Tamara on Facebook at Tamara Lewis Johnson. Please. Tamara with two R's, <laughs> T. T-A-M-A-R-R-A, -A -R -R -A, and on Instagram at Tamara PR. Check out the podcast channel on BlackEnterprise.com to find Sisters Inc. and other podcasts from Black Enterprise writers, editors, and experts. Be sure to subscribe to Sisters Inc. on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or YouTube. And if you like what you hear, show us some love by leaving a five-star review or put a sister on and spread the word. This is Elisa Gums with Sisters Inc. for Black Enterprise. Thank you for listening.